Good morning, churches. This is a day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I can almost hear you saying that. I am Mark Hedegar, blessed, honored, and humbled to be the pastor at the Stratford and Salisbury Center United Methodist Churches, where we expect miracles, recognize miracles, and celebrate miracles together. Our vision at Stratford is to praise God daily, to love God and others, to plant seeds, and to serve God and community. Our vision at Salisbury Center is to love God and others, to serve as an example, to plant seeds of hope, and to nurture one another. This morning's memory verse comes from 1 Corinthians 9, verse 19. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 19. For though I am free with respect to all, I have made myself a slave to all, so that I might win more of them. Let us pray. Wondrous God, present with us when we do not know it, valuing us when we do not care for ourselves, planting in us the seed of your word, even when the soil of our hearts is hard and unyielding. Open our eyes to recognize your presence with us. May we hear your voice. May we know your touch. May we see you in one another and in the beauty all around us. May your reality emerge deep inside each life, transforming our thoughts and deeds and our relationship with one another. Amen. We begin the call to worship. God is listening to our thoughts and our prayers. The people respond, God knows us better than ourselves. Let us open our hearts to the one who gives us life. The people respond, let us set our faith and hope in God. God's promises to us are ancient and yet still new. The people respond, God is with us on all the roads we travel in life. Together we give praise to our creator. The people respond, together we recognize we are precious in the sight of God. This morning's reading comes out of Romans 12, verses 1 through 8. Romans 12, verses 1 through 8. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, that you so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually we are members of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, 
the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We move into our joys and concerns of this morning, and we are so thankful we have nobody in the hospital. So everybody's doing well. Those that were in the hospital are home. And thank you, Lord, for answered prayers. So as I like to do, I like to remind you we're not going to give out any names, but I'd also remind you to yell out names from your house or your car or wherever you're listening to this message as we pray. Um, God knows your hearts. God knows your minds. He knows your joys. He knows your concerns. So um, don't be afraid to lift them up to him and let him hear your voice this morning. Let us pray. Father God, we pray for those in need of healing. You know we want to feel better. We want to be better and we want to have our health back. Grant us, O oh God, the strength to face each hour of this and every day. And when it seems our faith wavers, remind us of your promises. Remind us that by his stripes we are healed. Make us aware of your healing presence. Father God, we pray for the discouraged and lonely. It breaks my heart and yours that so many of your people feel abandoned and alone and discouraged, not only during this pandemic, but every day. Lord, show us the path to the light of your love and presence. Lead us to the still waters of comfort. Give us that conviction of faith which will enable us to trust in you and in those who minister to us. With you, all things are possible. Our only hope is in you. Father God, we pray for the sleepless. Give us sleep for the refreshing of our souls and bodies. Grant us this gift, I pray. Keep us in that perfect peace which you have promised to those whose minds are fixed on you. And give us such a sense of your presence that in the hours of silence, we may enjoy the blessed assurance of your love and protection. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning's message is titled, Focus. And I, I got to tell you, it's amazing how the Lord works, how this message came to me um, during this pandemic and trying to remain focused on, on doing the will of God. And it, it kind of goes into last week's message um, about Jesus and, and what he did after his death on the cross that he continued to do the work of God. So let us begin. Last week, we discussed Jesus continuing to do the work of his father after he died on the cross, on that old rugged cross. We agreed Jesus didn't just show up to the cross. He showed up. I asked a few questions last week, like, are we just showing up, or are we hungry for the word and excited to do the work of the Lord? I asked, what are we doing between the Sunday services? Are we ruled? truly seeking the will of God in our lives on a daily basis? Or are we just on hold until the next sermon? I suggested this pandemic and quarantine was like a big mirror. We get the chance to take a look at ourselves in our Christian walk and truly see who we are, who we are in the flesh and who we are in Christ. Well, today I'd like to discuss maintaining our focus in order to continue doing the will of God. 
And I'm sure I'm not the only one that's experienced distraction during this long quarantine. My first two weeks, I accepted the challenge. I put my nose to the grindstone and considered it an opportunity to read more, to pray more, and serve more. But then we entered our third week of isolation, and then our fourth. And I have to be honest, I felt my mood shift. I found myself showing up to the office instead of showing up. I felt like I wasn't doing enough for our congregation and certainly not enough for the Lord. I was in a rut. Where did that come from? How does that happen? Well, we know for certain the enemy doesn't want us to focus on the kingdom work, and we know he wants to steal our joy. He can't steal our salvation, but he can certainly trick us into losing our joy if we're not careful. So I reread last week's message to remind myself Jesus didn't just show up, he showed up. And he stayed focused even to the point of death. After that, I read some Bible scriptures. I learned several things Jesus did during his last days on earth that I need to do in order to remain focused on the will of God. Jesus set the example in so many ways, of course, but today I just want to discuss four of them. It's helped me and hopefully it'll help you maintain focus on God's work. First of all, Jesus isolated himself when he prayed. Now, I know that sounds kind of funny since we are in isolation, but bear with me for a second. Jesus isolated himself when he prayed. He went to the Garden of Gethsemane to get away from the distractions of the world. He found a quiet spot to talk to God. No TV, no radio blasting trying to fill him with fear and anxiety. He isolated himself from the world. We need to do the same. Turn the TV off. Turn the radio off. Just like Jesus, we need to find a quiet place, a place free from the distractions of the media, and sometimes even other people. The second thing Jesus did was ask for prayer support. He took Peter and James and John to the garden with him. Now, granted, they kept falling asleep. But the point is, we all need brothers and sisters to stand beside us and pray for us, encourage us as we go about our challenges. It's good to have many people praying for support, but it's even better to call on those that we have a close relationship with. The Bible says, iron sharpens iron. And in James 5.15, we read, the prayer of the faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up. I would suggest not only will the prayer of faith save the sick, but also those of us who get lost or get distracted. So we need to humble ourselves and ask for prayer support from those we know and trust. The third lesson we get from the life of our Lord is that he spent a lot of time praying one-on-one with God. He prayed honestly. And earnestly, he poured out his heart to God. And even though he knew the pain he would suffer in his last days, he prayed for God's will to be done. Praying for God's will to be done can help us keep the main thing, the main thing, as Pastor Wayne Clemens always says. It will help us 
Stay focused. <clears throat> Excuse me. And lastly, we hear Jesus quoting the word of God during every challenge he faced. Paul told us the weapons of our warfare have divine power to destroy strongholds. In 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, we read, Indeed, we live as human beings, but we do not wage war according to human standards. For the weapons of our warfare are not merely human, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every proud obstacle raised up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. In Ephesians 6.17, it tells us we are to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You see, when we speak the Word of God aloud, we are taking a stand against the enemy. We're proclaiming that Jesus is Lord over our lives, that God's Word stands true, and that the enemy has already been defeated. We need to stay in Scripture to avoid the distractions the enemy places before us. And we need to remember who we are doing the work for. Colossians 3.23 suggests, Whatever your task, put yourselves into it as done for the Lord and not for your masters. We are called to do the work of the Lord. So we need to do these four things to help us during this time of ample distractions. First, we need to find a quiet place to isolate ourselves from the world and the news channels. Secondly, we need to humble ourselves and ask for prayer support from brothers and sisters we trust. Then, we need to pray one-on-one -on -one to God, honestly and openly. He already knows our thoughts. He already knows our concerns. And lastly, we need to learn scriptures that will help us defeat the enemy when he attempts to distract us by confusion or fear or anxiety or sickness or any other trick he might come up with. We need to stay focused on the prize and follow the example of our Lord and Savior. Jesus finished the work the Father gave him to do. We read this in John 17, 1 through 4. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that the Son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. Jesus remained focused in order to glorify God. We are called to do the same. We are called to glorify God in all we do. What role or part do you play in his kingdom work? Pray on it. Pray for wisdom. Pray for guidance. Pray for focus on his will. Keep your eye on the prize. And pray that others may know his saving grace. Stay strong in the word. Remember who you are and whose you are. I'd like to share a devotion from our daily bread written by Monica LaRose that may help us stay focused. She wrote, As I shared with my counselor my roller coaster of emotions after a stress-filled week, 
She listened thoughtfully. Then she invited me to look out the window at the trees, lush with autumn, oranges, and golds, the branches swaying in the wind, pointing out that the trunks weren't moving at all in the wind, my counselor explained. We're a bit like that. When life is blowing at us from every direction, of course our emotions will go up and down and all around. But sometimes we live as if we only have branches. Our goal is to help you find your own trunk. That way, she says, even when life is pulling from all sides, you won't be living in your branches. You'll still be secure and stable. Brothers and sisters, we know who our trunk is, our vine. It's Jesus. He is our trunk from whom we gain all our strength. We need to draw from him. And if you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, now is a great time to come to him. Ask him into your life. Accept his peace that only he can give you. It doesn't mean you won't experience hard times, but it means that you'll never face hardships alone again. He will always be with you. He promised to never leave us or forsake us, even till the end of time. Jesus is calling you, calling you, calling you. Open your heart, open your mind, then open your mouth and ask him into your life. Call me if you need help or if you have any questions. I want to hear your story. I want to give you a brotherly Christian hug once we're allowed to. Come, be a part of our family, our eternal family. Jesus is waiting and so are your future brothers and sisters in Christ. Come to Jesus. Let us pray. God of love and judgment, who made Jesus both sovereign and Messiah, and who welcomed us into your family through the waters of baptism, we seek once again to know the risen Christ in our midst and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, that we might be obedient to your truth and genuine in our love for one another. May the new birth provided by your living and enduring word send us forth today as deeply committed messengers of good news. Amen. Our offerings are a sacrifice of thanksgiving in the spirit of Jesus, who gave everything, even life itself. God calls all people to become children of the promise, and to this end, we dedicate our gifts. I'd like to thank you all again for your obedience in sharing God's blessings. Let us pray. Thank you, God, for the privilege of joining Christ with a proclamation of your love for all people. May the ministries we support serve to build up the body of Christ and reach out to the world with healing energy. Bless these gifts and all who give in any way to make your love known. Amen. We have been called away from a corrupt generation. We have been ransomed from our futile ways. Life's meaning is not found in silver or gold. We find a new life in trusting God. We have been born anew through God's enduring word. We embrace a living faith and hope. We go out to serve in Christ's name. And may the love of Christ be evident in our lives. Now receive the benediction.
And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his love keep you grounded and focused. May his mercy bring you comfort and peace and his wisdom give you guidance. Go out in the world today knowing we serve a risen king, brothers and sisters. Be filled with the joy of your salvation. Salvation in Christ, whose name we praise now and forever. Amen and amen. I just want to remind you, my bride and I love you all and we miss you dearly. Please stay home, stay safe, and stay in his word. Until we meet again, God bless you all.